a little bit different format, but uh, we are glad that you're here. Last year, a, uh, a fellow pastor in Colorado went for a run in a parkland uh, along the South Platte River. And he writes this. He said, it was a beautiful day, and my run got off to a great start. I was keeping an eye on my wash to see how the altitude was affecting my pace. But I was also enjoying the scenery, the winding river, the wildlife, the snow-covered Rockies on the horizon. He says, as I came around a bend, I noticed a couple of women standing beside the trail handing out flyers. I wasn't about to break my stride or my concentration, but as I came by, they put a flyer in front of me, and I couldn't help but take it. I gave it a quick look as I ran. It had a picture of a young man and a few sentences explaining that he was lost. He'd gone out for a run the night before, and he hadn't come home. Troubled, I turned around, ran back to the women, and asked for a bit more information. They explained that he had suffered a brain injury and sometimes got disoriented. I assured them that I would keep my eyes open. With that, I got back to my run, but suddenly everything felt different. I wasn't admiring the scenery and watching for wildlife anymore. My eyes were scanning the riverbank, looking for signs of a lost young man. My pace didn't seem to matter anymore as I stopped more often than a few times to check a strand of brush or river grass. I wasn't just out for a run anymore, I was on a mission. Someone was lost and needed to be found. You know, what if I lived every day like that, on the lookout for someone who was lost? If I did that, I really wouldn't be worried about my routine, I wouldn't really be worried about my reputation. I'd be on a mission. What if our church had that as our top priority? We wouldn't be worrying about worship styles or our own agenda. We'd be on mission, and that would change everything. You know, this past uh, several months, God has been so gracious, and I am so very thankful uh, for the ongoing opportunities that he's given to us to fulfill our mission of making disciples, unconditionally accepting people where they're at while encouraging a transforming life in Christ. This past year has been a great year. It's been a hard year, but it's been a blessed year. We've seen a tremendous amount of spiritual growth among dozens and dozens of you who have taken the challenge to be personally discipled, being a Barnabas, pursuing a Paul, training a Timothy. We've seen uh, also many of our folks uh, getting plugged into life groups. We've added a couple of life groups this past year. and People doing life together, building community, growing together in their walk with Christ, in community. We've also had at least a dozen people this past year follow the Lord in baptism, follow Him in obedience and committing their life to Christ. We've had many new folks come into our church family as well. On top of that, we still have a wonderful reputation as a church here in Rancho Santa Margarita for, I think, our dynamic worship. We have one of the finest worship teams around. Uh, relevant Bible teaching, and also just for being a, a friendly, fun, warm, embracing church family. That's a wonderful reputation, and I praise God for that. But the big question as church leaders that we've always asked for the last several years is this. If Foothills Church were to somehow disappear, would Rancho Santa Margarita even know we were gone? In other words, what impact are we making right here in our own community? Well, this past year, uh, one of the biggest ways that we're making a huge difference is through our life groups. And many of uh, you and life groups have taken the, the challenge of uh, each quarter reaching out and serving in our community in order to make Jesus known. 
We're going to share in a few moments uh, a little of what that looked like in uh, the lives of several people here at Foothills. But all the glory goes to God, who basically has been empowering and using our efforts to be on the lookout for lost people, helping people to transform lives. So where are we heading this, this year? Uh, basically, how can we do a better job of making a difference, uh, both in training our, our family, in reaching the community, and in changing our world? I have been uh, in, in a lot of uh, prayer and a lot of thought in the last several months, and I've, came, I've come to the conclusion that as we go forward, my sense is that God wants us as a church family to go even deeper in his word, to know more of what he wants to tell us and reveal to us through his word. And my conviction comes from Hebrews 4.12, which tells us that the Bible is not a dusty, dry book on a shelf, <laughs> that the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, of discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If we're going to grow, continue to grow in discipleship and evangelism, we have to be people of the book. And we always have been. But I believe that God is calling us even deeper. The psalmist declares, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And in this dark and dying world, we are in desperate need of light more than ever before. Did you know that according to the Barna Research Group, nearly half of all evangelical Christians have never read the Bible from start to finish? Now, it's not about just reading the Bible cover to cover. It's about knowing it and applying it and living it out. But studies show that churches in America today are filled with biblically illiterate people. People don't know their Bibles, and it shows. We know that his word is our daily bread. What food is to the body, the word of God is to our soul. And yet many Christians today are starving to death. They're spiritually malnutrition. How can you tell? Well, I know I'm suffering from spiritual malnutrition when I ask myself three questions and don't get the right answer. The first question is, how's my faith and joy? If my faith is weak and my joy is lacking, I know I need to get back to the meat of the Word of God. A second question, how am I fulfilling the great commission in Matthew 28, which tells us that we are to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded, Jesus said. And lo, he said, I am with you even to the end of the age. If I'm not making disciples, if I'm not being a Barnabas, if I'm not pursuing a Paul, if I'm not training up a Timothy, I have to go back and get into the, the meat of God's word. And so starting this September, we're going to begin an exciting journey of going through the entire Bible from beginning to end in one year, 12 months. How, how are we going to do that? Well, we're calling it the Bible Project. Margie and I have uh, traveled from L.A. to New York several times over the last couple of years, all because of our grandkids. Grandkids are in a... a, a I don't know what it is. There ought to be a law, and I've said it before, that they shouldn't take your grandkids any further than about an hour away. But they are 3,000 miles away, and we've made that trip to the East Coast many times over the last five or six years. We've done it in two ways. We've uh, driven across, and that takes about five days. And we have flown across, and that takes about five hours. I like both. Um, but you can travel through God's Word in much the same way. You can do a road trip from Genesis to Revelation, and see all the sights, so to speak, in detail as you go through and, and understand what God's truth is, is saying to you all along the way. You can also do a flyover. 
You can get a bigger picture from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, basically, uh, getting a, a bigger understanding of God's large redemptive history of, of how it all looks. And you get a different perspective at 37,000 feet when you see the whole state of Kansas just about. Uh, not quite, but you get a bigger perspective of that. And so that's what we're going to do this next year. We plan to do a survey of, of at least one book of the Bible every week. And we're going to try to get through in 52 weeks. There are 66 books, so obviously we're going to combine a few, like First and Second uh, Timothy or First and Second Chronicles and a few of those books. But we plan to do a survey of each book at the beginning of our message on Sunday morning, and then we're going to dive down from 37,000 feet, and we're going to unpack one passage in detail in that book that kind of gives the theme, kind of gives the overall message, and, and how we can take that book and apply it to our lives. Then we're going to fly back up to 37,000 feet and go over to the next state, or the next book, uh, Haggai, or Nahum, or who knows what's in those books, right? We're going to get the overall picture of God's redemptive history through that. And while it's so important to look at the detail of God's word and apply it to our lives, we also need to get the bigger picture of God's redemptive story. And we're going to be doing that as well. And so we're going to encourage, right along with that, all of you as a church family, to read through God's Word, cover to cover. In, in, in probably two or three chapters a day, you can get through the entire Bible in a year. And we're going to have a reading schedule for you. We're not going to get legalistic about it or anything like that. We even have an app. We have an app for that that will help you also as, you, as we together as a church family go through the Word of God from beginning to end. On top of that, uh, the Bible is a communal book. It's meant to be uh, read and discussed and applied basically in community with others. And so our life groups this next year are going to be taking this journey right along with us. They're going to be taking the resources and the questions and basically uh, growing deeper in our understanding of God's word and our intimacy with God and with one another. That's what discipleship is all about. It's centered and grounded in God's word. Your church leadership here at Foothills is convinced that uh, God is calling us forward not just in greater intellectual knowledge. Now, we're not just getting puffed up in our, in our head. We want to apply that to our lives and live it out in connection, training our, our church family, uh, serving our community, changing our world. That's what discipleship is all about. And as you know, we're in an ongoing uh, moral and, and spiritual battle in a dark and dying world in desperate need of a Savior. There's a lot of lost people out there. And we want to be on the lookout for them as a church, both collectively and individually, and especially when it comes to our children and our youth as well. And so from the most uh, mature believers to the youngest of our generation, uh, it's a calling to reach out into our community more this next year and to train others to be disciples, followers, apprentices of Jesus Christ, uh, being resourced and, and standing firm on the Word of God, the Scriptures, God's revelation uh, to us. And so let's fulfill our, our calling together, and my hope and prayer is that we will grow uh, deeper uh, this next year in our walk with him. I'm going to ask Rick Ayers, he's the chairman of our elder board, to come up and share a little bit of the celebration of what God is doing in our church, uh, what he has done this past uh, year, uh, what he is doing, and uh, we're going to continue to look at what God is going to be doing, hopefully, in the months and years ahead. So Rick, if you could come up and share a little bit, that'd be great. You need my... Uh There you go. <laughs> I said, you want to hear me, right? My wife said, maybe. That kind of hurts. Can you hear me now? How about now? Isn't that great? Good morning. Everybody wake up. It's like 1030. No. Come on, man. Good morning. 
Good, good to see you. I'm just going to hang on to this to get my pocket. I'm going to talk, hey, when he said chairman of the elder board, you guys voted me as an elder, and they voted me as chairman. Is that stupid or what? <laughs> right? God is good. Anything could happen. Roger's back there going, yeah. Um, can I have the elders come up? As I asked you guys before the service to come up. He's too young to be an elder. <laughs> Michael, come on. No, he is. You're not. <clears throat> this is the Motley Band of Crew. Not everybody's here, which uh, we're going to dock their pay because they didn't make a division Sunday. Jeremy Simpson. Say hi to Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy's a chicken salesman. <clears throat> he works at a Chick-fil-A. And uh, he owns a Chick-fil-A. So anyway, that's who you know who he is. Michael Williams, some of you guys have seen him around here before. He's the big guy. I bring my crew up here in case you start throwing stuff. He eats chicken. Michael eats a lot of chicken. Eat a lot of chicken. That's right, though. Tad of Michael. John Mayer's new to our church. He's been here way back. I eat the fried chicken. Yes. He eats the raw chicken. There you go. Or the grilled chicken. And Dennis Sonneran is, uh, I don't know what you are. He's retired. He's retired. I got the tired part. He's tired, retired, and um, retired as a... 20 years as a school bus driver. 20 yeah. years as a banker. And before that, a banker. Which was harder? The banker? Uh, no, school bus. School bus, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to introduce these guys. Dennis is going to talk a little bit um, later. And then Keith Clark up here in the back in the sound booth. Hi, Keith. Woo! Hi, yeah. Keith. He's an elder. Everybody say hi to Keith. Hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. It's like we're in a 12-step meeting. So <laughs> thanks, guys. You can sit down. Appreciate you. As an elder board... You know what our role is? To provide direction and leadership to Foothills Church. Most of you know that we, we, we meet once a month and we discuss and pray over all the people and the ministries in this body. What we pray for mostly is your lives, your spiritual lives, and how we can impact that. You know, I've been doing a lot of research lately on the church as a family. Um, and I've come to understand that Foothills Church it's not Brad's church. It's not the other pastor's church. Um, it's not the elder board's church. In fact, it's not even your church. Whose church is it? That's right. This is God's church. What happens here is we try to listen to God through the Holy Spirit and do what he needs to do. And Brad, Brad mentioned the, the Bible project. Uh, he brought that to us four or five months ago. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing, and you're going to enjoy. Lori, Lori and I visited um, two weekends ago. Our son, Corey, lives up in Livermore, and he goes to a, a church there, and they're using this, and, and we uh, heard a sermon uh, about the book of Isaiah. Now, that takes, I think Wayne's class has been going on for about 12 years, but, but uh, the book of Isaiah is very comprehensive, and this pastor used the Bible project, and, and it was so let's say entertaining, but it was so thought-provoking. Lori and I both enjoyed it, so I really think you guys are going to enjoy this as we go forward. But you know, Foothills Church makes up a local body of believers to know God, to love God, and to serve God. This leadership is committed to giving each one of you the opportunity to learn more about the Scripture and the meaning of those passages, and I think we do a good job of that, but to also show love in various ways through mission trips that we go on together, through life group, and really through our relationships. We recently went from two services to one service, 
So we really got back together, and I think it's worked out. What do you guys think? Okay, good. Everybody agrees. Um, if you're not, you're not here. Um, <laughs> the other thing is to serve. To serve in an area where God's called you. Um, I've been blessed to be part of the Man Alive, uh, facilitate the Man Alive group for the last eight, nine years. And we're on a break right now, but it's been a wonderful thing for me to be able to share some thoughts and hear the thoughts of other men. Many of you have gotten into the, to the mums group or the women's ministry group or whatever you're part of. We're small enough that we're able to do that. Um, this church has also allowed me the opportunity to share my faith um, from the pulpit. And um, I went to Saddleback for about a year, and they never asked me. So I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you guys can probably tell me later. Um, our blessings. We surveyed the leaders of our church and, and we said, what are the three things you appreciated most uh, about Foothills Church when we were at our elders retreat? The number one from everybody was uh, the Bible teaching from the pulpit. And I think you guys can agree. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of churches in the United States, and I travel a lot and go to church in a lot of different places, that use scripture. They'll use a passage, and then they'll talk about whatever. And, and it's fairly frustrating to me because, as Brad just mentioned, Scripture is really what God has provided us. So we use Scripture. The, also, the feeling of community with other members. Um, you guys are my family. Lori and I have a, a house that we don't need. Anybody wants it? Justin, you want it? See, I told you I'd mention you, right? Um, we, we have a five-bedroom house that we just don't need because our kids are grown and gone. We don't leave the area. We don't even think about leaving the area because of our church. And I've got grandkids two miles away. Brad's right about that. My kids listened, yours didn't. Um, I don't even know where Sweden is. But anyway, community. I love you people. This is my family. Uh, I think a lot of you feel the same way about each other. Um, and then the opportunity to serve in the church, but also outside the church. Many of you know about our sister church, Temple Ebenezer, down in, down in Mexicali. I was never going to be involved in that, and Lori and I went on a short-term, one-week mission trip. She blew out her shoulder, got a tetanus shot, and some lung disease, but we really had an awesome, we really had an awesome time being part of that community, and then this church was so gracious and so generous, we built a, a $58,000 building for them down there. I mean, it's awesome if you haven't been down there, and, and, and I could show you pictures. Many of you have gone out. Jim Nagel goes to India. Steve went wherever you go, Honduras. Uh, and, and, and it's so great to be part of a body that wants to go out, and that's what this church does. Um, some things you may not know. Let's see the next slide, or the first slide. Training our family. Do you know there's 320 people who consider Foothills home? Surprising, huh? That makes us one of the larger, larger churches in America. Most churches in America have less than 80. You guys realize that? Less than 80. It's pretty amazing. We happen to live in a, a pretty populous area. Less than 80. 240 adults regularly attend our worship service. Wait a minute. There's not 240 people in here. Well, because about 57% of that 240 attend every Sunday. What's that mean? Well, look around. Uh, three of our elders aren't here. Lori and I missed three weeks 
from Memorial Day to the second week in June because we had family commitments. You guys know it. Some of you have vacation homes. Some of you go on vacation. How many people go on vacation? Wow, that's weird. Um, Tim, on your salary, he works for the government. He works for all of us. So anyway, we go on vacation, so we're not here. I guarantee you, 4th of July, how many people do you think are going to be here? Can we get the elders to usher her out? Thank you, Cindy. It really was rhetorical, but thanks. Thanks for sharing. Gotta love her, right? That's family right there. You know, you can't pick your family, right? I love you, Cindy. I love you. So the thing is, we look at, oh, wait a minute. There's only 160 or 140 here. That's okay. We're still part of the body. We still love each other. 30 children are part of our Sunday school program. Well, wait a minute, we don't have a lot of young families. Well, you know what happened when I first started coming here? We had a bunch of young families. We grew up and got old and got gray hair. And then our kids moved away. And they had their families. And what's happening now is we're having more young families become a part of Foothills. All right? Um, and Stephen's a big, a big part of that, bringing these kids in. Okay? Now you just need to populate. Come on, man. I'm just saying, it's in Scripture. Right? It's in Scripture. I'm just saying do you know 50 youth participate in our youth program, half of which are part of our community, not necessarily our church? Stephen speaks at FCA. My son, JT, is the track coach and a history teacher at Tribuca Hills High School. And he said to me, I can't wait to meet your youth pastor because as he's working with 160 track kids and six classes of freshman focus every week, he says, and he's a walking Bible scripture. He's got tattoos all over him of Bible Bible verses, they know what he believes. He says, I want to send him to a local church. And Stephen and JT have connected, and that's been a big part of that. And Stephen's been over speaking to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So that's a great part. 150 of our people are involved in life groups, Bible studies, special classes, and prayer. How many of you guys in a life group? Awesome. I'm telling you guys, that's the ticket. I've been in numerous life groups in, in my Christian life over the past 30 years. Um, I chose to participate in this latest one. And now these are as, people are as close to me as anybody I've ever been around. You've heard of me speak it before. So get involved in a life group, but do life together. That's important. The next one, serving our community. Brad talks about um, Foothills Church being, being Wood Rancho Santa Margarita miss us. I know, I know I would miss us. I think a lot of you would miss us. But it's also the people that you guys reach out to and touch. Um, we have 12 seniors who regularly attend a Park Terrace Bible study. Park Terrace is the assisted living community over here. Um, Val Montefiore has been faithful about that for years. Um, 12 students in our weekly after-school tutoring program. It's called the Homework Club, right? About a dozen? That's pretty cool. 40 young moms in community who attend our moms class, not all from this church. 20 single moms at Village of Hope who weekly attend our Bible class. And we have a, a number of women here that come and babysit their kids while they're in, in the Bible class. 80 Boy Scouts. I don't know if you guys knew that. Troop 12, 10. That's a Romans 12, 10, right? See, I remembered that. I don't have kids in Scouts, um, and my kids are over 30, so uh, my wife's a lot older than me, so... <laughs> Got you back, got you back, got you back. 80 Boy Scouts come here 
and worship, use this as their Boy Scout, and they're in a church. 180 women in our community who weekly attend CBS. Wow, this place is crawling Tuesdays, Wednesdays. It's crawling on Wednesdays. Ten different ways our life groups have recently served people. Let me give you some of these. Val Montefiore just showed the Jesus film at Park Terrace. number of people attended that. Tom Zimmerman helped at Arroyo Vista with, with Pete Thompson and a few other guys. And also has organized, the Zimmermans have organized some of us to go to City Impact in San Francisco. Um, to feed and worship with the homeless in San Francisco. The Harlows always have a St. Patrick's Day neighborhood dinner. They invite their entire neighborhood. And if any of you have been to the Harlow's house, they got the room and they're the most generous giving people there is. And they just have a bunch of people show up, including their life group, and talk about Christ. The Ginders. Paul Ginder works at a, at a plating company. They, he deals in gold and all kinds of other stuff. He melted down all the spare gold parts, had them all separated, melted down those spare gold parts, raised enough money to fund a Jesus film language. That's what a life group did. That's pretty amazing. Laurier's did uh, care bags for the homeless that some of us gave out, gave out. Some of us still have them, but some of us gave out. You see a homeless person, you just hand him a bag with a, a whole bunch of blankets, some socks, um, shampoo, all the whole thing. We just handed it to him, and they were so appreciative. Rita Thomas just, just set up the Walk for Water, which about 25 of us participated in. Um, there's a whole lot more that's going on here if you participate. Are we changing our world? This is pretty interesting. We have three homegrown, short, and long-term missionaries. Tom Canavino, everybody knows him. Tom, raise your hand. Hi, Tom. Hi, Diane. Jesus film. Um, seven other missions and missionaries we support. Ashley Harlow's on a mission right now in some country. Where? Mongolia. All right. That Mongolian beef is probably good there, isn't it? In Mongolia. Five countries are impacted. India, Mexico, Congo, Honduras, and Ethiopia. I mean, and now Mongolia. Thank you. Right? She's looking at me like, right? Think about this. We've had the Billy Graham. The Bergs have been so faithful. We've had the Billy Graham Crusade phone center here for 12 years. 1,100 people who have received Christ through that phone ministry in the past 12 years. Are we making an impact in our community? They're not from all from RSM, but we're making an impact. And let's understand what the community is. Okay, Lori and I raised our kids, and we tried to in a Christian home. All my sons are serving um, in their churches. All right, many of you have sent your sons and daughters out. Some are leading an alpha course at their church. Some are going, you, you impact your, your people at work. God knows what they do. Brad did the message not long ago about who Mordecai Ham was. He was the guy who led Billy Graham to Christ. Who's more important? Mordecai Ham was pretty important. Because without Mordecai Ham, Billy Graham may never have come to Christ. So it's the people you're impacting one-on-one. -on -one. Not necessarily in your community. As I said, I've traveled all over the country. I'm always talking to other salesmen about Christ. Who knows what they're doing? I only get a short time with them. But guess what? They know about Jesus when I'm done with them. And I know you're often doing the same things too. So um, serving our community, changing our world. Make sure you understand that there are people that have been impacted as they go forward and serve Christ. 
The other thing is, we talk about, oh, maybe our church is getting smaller. Invite somebody. You guys are all here. You think this is a pretty good church? Uh, I do. Invite somebody. You all got neighbors. Okay, I think most of you. Love your neighbor as yourself. The other thing is, and I'll close with this, is our strengths and challenges. One of our strengths is, is we believe as an elder board is our dynamic worship. We love our worship team, the way it rotates around. They even let guys like Steve come up and sing once in a while and, and the mute button, but I mean, it's great. We love him. We love him. Dynamic, irrelevant Bible teaching. We're a friendly church, as Brad said, and we have an emphasis on discipleship. But our challenges that the elder board is concerned about is not enough of our people are loving and growing in true discipleship. Too many spectators, not enough participants. Not enough of our people are connecting. Only 57% are in a small group. That means over 40% are really missing out. Are really missing out. Um, it's reflected that sometimes only 40% uh, of, our, of our 240 aren't here on any given Sunday. And we're also concerned that not enough people are serving. Now, you don't always have to do what everybody else does. You can go ahead and say, hey, I want to I be part of the uh, high school ministry. I want to help Stephen. I want to help the kids in the classroom. Well, maybe that's not your, not your thing. There's somewhere here uh, that, that you can serve, somewhere you can serve if you want to. Over half our church, we're concerned that over half our church is not growing in Jesus because they're not serving Jesus. Who is the ultimate servant ever was Jesus Christ. He was down there washing the feet of his disciples. Um, the result is if we're limping now, we could be crippled later, and then we'll stagnate. In a stagnating church, what happens to a stagnating church? A thousand churches a month are dying in the United States. When I say dying, they're closing. They're closing. We have an awesome opportunity right here that God's given us. I mean, look at this, this church. We bought the building. There was nothing in it. Many of you people sitting right here built this church, built the inside. It's awesome. This is our home. So finally, I want to close with this. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you, people. Thank you for listening. Now I'd like to introduce the star of our show, the money guy, Dennis Sonneron. Come on up. 20 years of banker. Give him a hand. Well, he makes it sound like it's going to be really exciting. But I appreciate Rick's commitment now, traveling less. He's going to double his commitment to be here. He'll be now, now I'll be here uh, twice a month. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've been, I've only attended, my wife and I, for any period of time, one other church. This church here, um, the way it's grown, it's grown because of all of you. It's grown because um, it doesn't have a lot of outcome or income from outer sources like preschools or uh, kid clubs and things like that. And you guys can be proud of that. This church is a church that stands on its own. And that says a lot for churches nowadays. When he's reflecting about the churches that don't make it, 
they can't stand on their own, but all of you as, as members can uh, be proud of the fact that you're here because of each other contributing and helping throughout the year. Now, we're here to worship. We're not here to really talk about budgets and monies and finances, even though it's an important part of the church, but it's nowhere near as important as all of your contributions. There's a saying I like, um, it's, I don't know who originally said it, so I just have to say anonymous, but I'd rather see a Christian than merely hear one talk. I'd rather see his actions and behold his daily walk. So if you kind of say that to yourself once a day or a week or something, when you go out into wherever your world is, um, try to think of that. And that's kind of encourage yourself to speak out and be an example. Remember, you are an example. As you're walking down the street, you're an example. Always think that. Sometimes we're bad examples. Hopefully, more often, we're good examples. Uh, I'm not the treasurer. Keith Clark's the treasurer, but he's back there operating the, the board, so he asked if I'd come up and step up. So I'm here to kind of go over our budget with us and let you know where we are and what's going on and where we're headed. So, okay. This is our first slide here for um, the budget for the upcoming year. As you can see, we had a, a shortfall this year. We had um, several people that left the church for different reasons. We've had people come to the church, too. So it's been a kind of a hard year financially, but we're still blessed. We've got so many things going for us. So we're not dis discouraged by that at all. We've made a couple of adjustments into our uh, budget for the upcoming year, and uh, we're not uh, thinking that we're gonna have any issues coming along the way. This is kind of where we are. This is our budget for the upcoming year. Um, this gives you an overview here, broken down into the different categories, our facilities, our operating expenses, a staff, worship, education, cares, missions, youth, discipleship. So this is our budget for the upcoming year. It's about uh, 35,000 less than uh, last year, so we cut back on, on a few things here. And we'll show you that in the next slide we got. Uh, we also increased some things. We've increased uh, our missions, and we've also increased in advertising to uh, attract people to the church. Um, we haven't done that, so we think we would like to try to do that more than we have. I shouldn't say we haven't. We have, but we just want to try and increase that. And then these are the areas where we dropped back a little bit on some of the um, categories. Now, um, it's all about our faithful giving in our own congregation. And like I say, this church can be proud of itself for standing here on its own two feet without assistance from preschools and kids' care and... Uh, things like that. A lot of churches wouldn't be around if they didn't have those entities. So you guys have been here a longer, a lot longer than I've been here for sure, but a long time, and I think you need to be proud of that. And so um, this kind of sets things out for us. We got, um, we're glad to see, as the elder board we get together, we do. We try to have a vision, a vision for the church and all of you um, and all of us. And where would we, the church, like to go. That is our big concern in our elder meetings, and we discuss that a lot. Um, we step out in faith with our budget every year, and God always seems to come forward. And sometimes it's amazing where things come from to help us. So uh, we're only limited by our own imagination because God doesn't have an imagination. He just knows it all, and it brings it all together. And, it, and it's amazing. So if we can just count on him. Anyway, this is where we are, and um, this is kind of where we're headed. And uh, we're looking forward to the upcoming year. So if you, anybody wants any questions or anything, you can touch base with Keith or I. And then we have a um, budget breakdown in the back as you leave today. So please take a look at it. And please, if you have questions, catch Keith or catch me. And we'd be glad to discuss it with you. 
And uh, we love you all. I know you love each other. God loves you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much. And, and we're also encouraging you uh, this next year or this next week or the next couple of weeks uh, to vote on our budget. Uh, this fiscal year starts June 1st. We've, we changed up our fiscal year probably, what, three or four years ago. And uh, so we start a brand new year June 1st. And so we're encouraging you to, I, I meant July. Did I say January? June? I turned 60 this week, so. Who am I again? <laughs> In any case, sorry about that. So real quickly, uh, before we close, we've got a great lunch here uh, for you all this morning. I hope you all stay around and, and, uh, and, and fellowship together. But what are the next steps? Where do we go from here? Just real quickly, three things as we close out our time together. Let me ask you, encourage you, exhort you. Number one, first and foremost, pray. Uh, pray that God would deepen your faith over this next season. Uh, deepen your walk with Christ and uh, help us to, as, a, as a church family that we might just grow just in freely understanding God's gracious call and his provisions in every single area of our lives. And so first and foremost, pray. Secondly, uh, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Learn about our vision, our plan. Think about how God can use your time, your talents, your treasures to contribute to helping us as a church family to go beyond ourselves and uh, begin today. And thirdly, participate with your church family. Get involved. Uh, let me encourage you to join us every Sunday. Don't just come every two or three weeks when the weather's good. Uh, come every Sunday. Make that a spiritual discipline to join your brothers and sisters in Christ in worship, corporate worship on Sunday morning. So make that uh, something that you're a part of as we grow together, as we go through God's word this, this next year. Commit yourself to being here every Sunday. Secondly, get plugged into a life group. Uh, do life together. Do community. Uh, build relationships in, the, in those life groups. We really firmly believe that God primarily works through committed relationships. And so may God just change your heart and life as you grow together in that community. And then thirdly, serve on a team. Serve in some kind of a ministry that you're passionate about. Don't just fill in because nobody else is there, although that helps. Uh, but Because <laughs> we always have needs. Always have needs. But uh, grow in Christ by, by serving. Uh, both within our church and also serving in our community through your life group and make Jesus known in that way. Again, that, that passage in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, but grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be all the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this church family. I am so privileged. I am so blessed to be the pastor here, and I thank you, Lord, for the, the calling and the, uh, just the, the privilege, the blessing I've had in the last 25 years of being here. And I thank you, Lord, for the, 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 the family, the, the, the relationships that we all enjoy and just the way that you provided for us in so many ways. Father, help us to continue to grow, not just in numbers. More importantly, Father, that we might grow in depth, that we might grow uh, closer and, and be molded and shaped into the image of Jesus. Father, we want to become more like Christ in all that we say, all that we do, all that we undertake. And so, Father, as we cast vision, as we look forward, as we move ahead to what you have for us, I pray that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit. Father, apart from your Spirit, we can do nothing. Apart from what you've done for us, we can do nothing. We are nothing. But, Father, in you, we are your children. We're called to be your family. 
And as the Foothills Church family, I pray that you continue to anoint us and use us, bless us, cause us, Father, to, to be all, to do all that you've called us to be and to do. And so we commit our hearts and our lives to you in Jesus' precious name. And all God's children said, amen. amen.